prepare yourself to be promoted, get in the right position, understanding to get the education and the experience, the, the balance that's required to do that. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. Let's talk about the future. Your future. Where are you headed? If you join the fire service for the basic reasons we've all heard... You wanted to help people and so on. You probably didn't give a whole lot of thought to your career's trajectory at first. But now, a few years in, you are thinking about it. Here to give us some things to consider is Billy D. Hayes. He's the Chief Program Officer for the National Center for Fire and Life Safety. He served as Vice President of University Relations for Columbia Southern University, as well as Director of Public Information and Community Affairs for the District of Columbia Fire and EMS Department, and a lot more. Billy joins me now to tell us about the steps you can take to plan your career in the fire service. Thanks for being on Code 3 today, Billy. Scott, thanks for having me and the invite to participate. We don't usually think all that far ahead when we start a career. Isn't it enough to just do the best job you can? Starting at the age of 18, I thought that would be enough. I really did not have the mentorship uh, and guidance of individuals telling me how to plan for the future. It was at that point all about trying to capture certifications and go to as much training as you possibly could and the rest would take care of itself. Um, however, without a roadmap to be able to see where your career is going and what the the end looks like, as I, as I mentioned uh, with Stephen Covey's habit two of the seven habits of highly successful people and, and habit number two, beginning with the end in mind, I really didn't think that. Now, here I sat at the age of 47, and I look as where many of my friends are at the end of their fire service career and beginning to retire or they're moving into the second stage of their career. I've been blessed to move around many times. Uh, however, looking back at a true retirement plan, that certainly doesn't exist. Uh, and of course, it doesn't exist for a factor of reasons, not necessarily anything that I specifically did. But uh, no, it, it takes a little more planning than just trying to do your best. How should new firefighters start planning their career track once they get hired on? I think it begins before they get hired on. One, really invest in looking at what the retirement plan looks like, whether it's a defined contribution plan, such as a 401 or 457, which is basically a savings opportunity, or is it a defined pension plan where you know at the end of so many years you're going to receive a certain amount of your percentage so before you even go for employment with an organization, know and understand what they have to offer. Uh, once you're on, then try to seek out individuals in the organization who are senior members or and even peers at the new journey to see what they've done, how they've worked their 
their finances, but also where they've let their career take them and where they've helped guide the career to where they want to be. So seeking out individuals in the organization that are senior members that have that knowledge to see what type of tips you can get. It's, it's not always easy asking for help. One thing the fire service struggles with is mentorship and individuals trying to pass information down uh, within specific organizations. So it's going to be incumbent upon that new hire to really get involved with what they're doing. Mentors sound like they're very important to you. How do you go about finding a good one? Well, one, look at articles online, attend conferences, see who some of the top speakers are, uh, authors within organizations. There's plenty of research out there. The one thing that, as I said in the article, was at in 1989, when I started my fire service journey, the internet certainly didn't exist to the magnitude that it does today. So there is so much information available on the internet to, to find individuals that may not even be in the organization, but at least to get a starting point. But just to ask, ask the chief of the organization to who he or she would recommend that could be a mentor. Many organizations have a strategic mentoring program that's structured. But if they don't have one, begin with the chief. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't exist in the organization, then certainly go to the fire service. This is a huge profession with many, many skilled, educated, and talented individuals that can provide that input, whether they work with you in the organization or not. See, now that surprises me because I'd always assumed a mentor was somebody who worked locally with you. You're saying it can be a person anywhere in the fire service. Absolutely. In fact, I have several individuals that I've mentored uh, in, in my career to where they simply call and ask, what's a good book to read? How do I prepare, prepare for promotion? What are some things I can do uh, to, to take my career to the next step? And I certainly don't, and some I've worked with in my own organization, but most that I've worked with and consulted with have been outside my organization, outside of my state and sometimes even outside of the profession itself. You mentioned the importance of networking. Why is that? Networking is the best way to get information uh, and build friends because you're going to need them throughout this journey. Uh, you can't live in a bubble in the fire service and think you're going to know it all because there's individuals that have seen so much so you can get gained education from others through networking. You can gain experience because many organizations, certainly the smaller ones, who don't see a lot of fire or EMS calls or an abundance of working structure fires, that doesn't mean how you do things should be limited just to the amount of calls you run. Seek out networking, seek out experience, and through that network, you're going to become more engaged and involved and learn more about the organization. It's sad that there's so many in the fire service that don't understand what the U.S. Fire Administration is. They don't understand where the National Fire Academy is and how they can take advantage of that. They don't understand the data and statistics that drives the fire service that should be a better organization. They don't understand there's a Congressional Fire Service Institute or a fire service caucus in our, in our National Congress. So we, we have to network to learn more about our profession that we work in, because if we try to stay just in this bubble, we're not going to be very well educated as to 
how much more we can give. What is the single biggest mistake new firefighters make with regard to their careers? It's changed. And when I mean it's changed, certainly the Internet and social media has, has magnified the mistakes that we make uh, beforehand when you could do something dumb and, and fall out of balance, so to speak. It wasn't on national or the World Wide Web within seconds or minutes. So I think the single biggest mistake that new firefighters make is that they don't understand the consequences of their behaviors and their actions on and especially off-duty. Well, yeah, misusing social media can definitely do damage to your career. Can you tell me the single best thing a new firefighter can do for their long-term career? Become involved. And what I mean by become involved is do the research. Understand what it takes to make you a better employee with the organization, but a better member of the profession. That means doing the research as to what certifications you need that are relevant to help your organization out. Prepare yourself to be promoted, get in the right position, understanding to get the education and the experience, the the balance that's required to do that. Take notes, whether they're mental notes, but mainly write down notes as to things that you see that you either want to question or that have impressed you. The ones that, that you want to question, well, certainly those are the ones you want to ask about. Say this, either this, I don't understand. Or why did we do it this way? And if you don't get the answer of why you do it this way, then ask somebody else. The other thing is things that impress you. Things that are like, wow, those wow moments. Things you see, things you hear, things that other people have done. Find somebody, again, a mentor to help guide you, but also somebody that you want to role model yourself after. Of where you want to be, how they got there, and and work a parallel line of how you can get there as well, if that's something that you certainly want to do in your career. That's all great advice. Billy Hayes, thanks for talking with us today on Code 3. Scott, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. And there's more on our website at code3podcast.com slash planning. Check it out. Ready for your trivia question? You're not going to be saying that once you hear it. What New Hampshire community required all downtown structures to be built out of brick after a fire destroyed all the downtown wooden buildings in 1813? I'll have the answer right after we hear from Holly. Thanks, Scott. If you've been thinking about making a monthly pledge to support Code 3, we have an even better reason for you to do it now. We've started a new subscriber-only benefit. It's called the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more material from some of our interviews. Interesting stuff that didn't make it into the regular show. But only patrons get to hear it. So head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support and make a pledge of $10 a month or more, and you'll get immediate access to the Bull Session. Don't miss it. And here's your trivia answer. All buildings in downtown Portsmouth, New Hampshire, had to be made of brick after that fire destroyed the town center. If you knew that, you really know your fire history. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. 
I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.